hi, it's Ashley. I am here before you hear me intro the podcast with an intro to the intro of the podcast because I forgot to say that I have just updated my availability for taking animal communication appointments and animal consciousness general chat appointments. So if you are interested in getting a reading from me, those are updated and available on my Acuity scheduling page, which you can find the link to in the show notes and also on my link tree in my Instagram bio. It's at divine.dingo. And if you are looking to book an appointment and you don't see anything available that fits your schedule, just direct message me on Instagram or email me at podcast at gmail.com. And we can work something out. I am still kind of all over the place with my schedule. I'm not grounded in any one location. So like I said, if if there's something that you need and you see that I'm closed for a week and there are no appointments available, just reach out and I'm sure that we can work something out. Okay, thank you. Enjoy the podcast. Enjoy the show. Feeling and releasing. Feeling while releasing. There is a familiar pattern in your voice. Taken off path, I have forgotten which track to choose. Endless timelines spiral in and around me as I lose touch with time. Cosmic alignment, divine intervention. Words matter less and less as we enter into another dimension. My lover in disguise. My relationship with existence. A familiar surprise. I carried pain that I denied for a long time that was just sitting inside. And when you showed me, I cried. And joy followed after the tears subside. Akasha, Akasha, Akasha. Familiar bliss, but another life. Knock, knock. Anyone home? It's me, the Divine Dingo. Welcome back to the show. I'm so fucking happy to be talking at my microphone and transmuting. Fuck. I already fucked it up. Transmitting my voice through the microphone into the computer, onto the internet, and into your ears at this moment. How are you? I hope that you're doing well. I've fucking missed you. My life has been interesting for the summer, or pretty much the whole summer, pretty much all of spring and summer. I have been on many, many adventures that all come together to just form one one lump, lumpy adventure, one lump sum of an adventure. I was actively working on creating content, interviewing people, expanding, yada, yada, all that good shit. And it all came to a screeching halt around maybe mid-July. And I sometimes just like 
take little breaks from getting the podcast out just because my energy is low and that's usually it. But this time it was so obvious that I needed to take a break from the podcast, but it was frustrating because I didn't feel like I was overworking myself or I wasn't being genuine or any of the the reasons that I might believe to cause my... (laughs) How the fuck do you talk? Does anybody know how to talk? Can you send me a DM if you know how to talk and you want to teach me how to talk again? So yeah, I had a bunch of interviews lined up. I was going to knock out like four or five in a week and then just have them set while I was traveling um, to just release bi-monthly like usual. And then they all got canceled and I recorded one with Nimue and the audio was terrible on my end. Nimue's audio was perfect per usual. And then when I rescheduled all of them, I ended up getting sick and having to cancel. So it's just been pretty fucking obvious, even though, <laughs> sorry, there's a dog here. Do you want me to take it off? Let me take it off. I mean, I'm not sorry that there's a dog here. I'm just sorry if you hear <laughs> her munching on shit. So yeah, anyways, I was asked either by my highest self, a future version of myself, my guides, what the fuck ever to not record a podcast for a while. So And I also just like didn't have the space to announce it. I just didn't have the fucking space for anything other than like surviving for the last two months for fucking sure. So, um, yeah, I'm just happy to be back. I'm sorry to leave you all hanging. I know that you guys are like right by your podcast app. Like when will another episode come out? I am lost without Ashley yelling and rambling at me into a microphone. Well, you know, you are lost and you have been found because I'm back. And today I have a fucking awesome episode for you. My guest today is Gersev Sudwal. And Gersev is a part of the Soberish AOD community. We ended up meeting by chance in a small ass town in Colorado that I happened to be camping in pretty regularly this summer, and he just happened to be living in uh, this summer. So we met up, we really hit it off, and we got to sit down and talk about talking to animals. We got to talk about Reiki. Um, Gersev is a Reiki master and just an all-around amazing person and somebody that I really, really love and who means a lot to me. So I'm excited for you guys to meet him today. Some of you probably already know him. He does offer, he talks a little bit about what he offers uh, reading-wise and Reiki session-wise at the end. So if you're interested in that, you have to listen to the whole episode because I'm not going to fucking tell you now. Um, I will link his, (laughs) I'll link his Instagram in the show notes and I will tag him in the post that I make about this episode. Um, yeah, I probably should have asked him for more information on how he liked to be introduced, but I think Reiki master, amazing person and dangly ear wearing guy is, is pretty much it. That's him in a nutshell. So I'm going to shut the fuck up now and let Kersev take it away from here. Can you tell me about a time where you communicated with an animal and um, what that looked like for you? 
I think the first time I communicated with animals was last year and I was just cracked the fuck out for like a good couple of months but I was doing like crazy spiritual stuff so I think I had like a download where you know I just had this realization that to talk to anything you just had to still your own energy I call them vibes I still call them vibes you just have to calm your vibes down then you have to match the vibes of whatever you're trying to talk to and then you once you've like linked both of your energies you could change your vibes to send out a message and the first time I did this I had a pet turtle that just loved trying to like kill itself and jump off my couch and my counter and shit um and then one day it was just like too far away for me to grab so I did that I just calmed down looked at it matched its energy and I was like don't do that just come back into my hand and this motherfucker walked like all the way back around the couch and just sat in my hand um and then after that i remember one night i think it was like a blood moon or something but i went out and i did the i think it was the greater invoking ritual of the pentagram and i just had like easy animal communication that night like i would just walk i'd just be walking down the street and looking at cats and being like come here and they would just like scamper on over <laughs> um what else i think I, I started i haven't done it for a long time but <clears throat> recently i started doing it again with butterflies and normal flies and the likes so uh yeah <laughs> what was your turtle's name uh, he was unnamed <laughs> you had an unnamed turtle i had two unnamed turtles did you just call them turtle one and turtle two yeah yeah i would breastfeed them <laughs> <laughs> Were they snapping turtles? <laughs> no, they're, I mean, maybe. They were small little shitheads and they would always just try to beef with my finger when I put it. Yeah, when you were talking about matching the frequency or your vibes with their vibes, as you yeah. so elegantly put it, um, that's how I, I think the first time I experienced that was when I was trying to like tune a crystal to like remind me of something. Um, and so I like, it was the first time, like I really, I just watched like a YouTube video, but I like sat down and I held a quartz crystal in my hand and I just like took a moment to feel what my energy felt like in that moment. And then I took time to feel like what the quartz crystal felt like. And then I just like, it was almost like the quartz like raised up to me and I almost like lowered down to it. I don't know. We just, we just matched frequencies. And once I felt that I was able then to like tune the crystal to whatever intention I wanted to use it for. So that's what that reminded me of. Well, you talking about that reminded me of like Kundalini shit and balancing like the divine masculine to the feminine, like I recently had this experience where I had like energetic kundalini sex. Um <laughs> But the way I perceived that is that there were like these two live streams, like the two kundalini lines or vibes or whatever, and they would both be going up and down. And um my job as one of them was to match the rate and the frequency of the other one and it really just reminded me of 
vibing with the animals or just vibing out in an environment it seems like you could do this with literally anything it doesn't have to be uh like an animal just an animal or a crystal or you know something in particular you could just do this with existence in general oh that's interesting yeah i guess when i when i vibe (laughs) (laughs) i didn't even mean to use that word um when i am like intentionally trying to connect with with like a specific energy um i don't ever really like look at i don't know i guess i just don't think about like i could just match that the frequency of like reality and like less like tangible energies or less like incarnated dense energies like you would like plants animals crystals whatever but the last reading that i gave someone i gave to nimue and i nimue is like a safe person what's up nimue um nimue is a safe person for me to like experiment with on readings that I like how I want to, uh, adapt my readings. And I really would love to teach people how to communicate with their animals in the way that I do it. Not so that they do it exactly how I do it, but just so that how I do it in that moment inspires them to find their own way to do it. And so the reason I'm bringing this up is because I, I end up like protecting my energy I put like three bubbles around my energy field and um, I learned this technique from BJ King and it was a way to protect yourself from being like overly empathetic to a point that it was like detrimental to your health. And so I started using this technique for that. And then one day I thought to myself, what if I tried this technique right before I did a reading and I wanted to see like what effect it had. And it ended up being one of the most effective ways for me to feel my energy and the subtle energies around me, um, to ground myself and to protect myself. And then once I had that, like, I mean, it's like a five to 10 minute technique. Once I had that down, it was so easy for me to like experiment with different ways of connecting in with the animal I want to communicate with, because I've tried so many different ways not to find the best way but just to find like um the clearest connection and so after i i and and when i was telling nimue about this i said you do whatever sort of like grounding protection technique that resonates with you that part is is very personal and subjective Um, but after you do that then this is what i do and if it resonates with you then you try it and so what I do is I, I just like tap into my heart space and I imagine, um, you can imagine whatever you can imagine. Like I imagine like a tube of energy, um, going to the animal that I want to connect with. And sometimes I like have a picture in my head of like, if I've seen a picture of the animal, I'll imagine that. If not, I just, um, imagine the species of animal that I'm connecting with. And then I'll say the name of the animal to make it more personal and direct connection. And then, Um, I mean, you can make it whatever. It can be like a beam of light. It can be like a railroad track It can be a road. It doesn't matter like whatever resonates with you. And so then once that tube of light, um, I feel like it's connected, then I walk out, my ethereal body will walk out halfway and then I will sit down and I will invite the animal to meet me halfway. And then once the animal does that, then it's like our energies are just kind of like spinning and dancing together. And then I'm like, just asking the questions. Like I'll, I'll, I'll match the frequency. I don't even know if I'm intentionally matching the frequency, but, um, 
one, it's really important to me. And when I teach people how to do this, that you ask permission and you invite and you do not assume that any animal wants to communicate with you, even if it's been your dog for 10 years. Like, I mean, you can probably assume, you know, that it is the, the animal wants to communicate with you. But I think that going into that right away with the connection is kind of insulting and disrespectful to the boundaries that the animal might have. So anyways, that was a long ramble. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds way fucking cooler than chilling and vibing out. <laughs> um, yeah, I try to I try to just see it as like people like, you know, if I'm at a bar or a coffee shop and I'm I try to talk to someone and they're just kind of not into it, like just mm. treat any other entity or animal or whatever the fuck the same way. Mm-hmm. Um, it is communication at the end of the day. In my opinion, am I talking loud enough? That line is fucking small. It is communication at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> I can edit it, but when we laugh, it gets really fucking big, and I'm gonna have to turn the sound down on that because oh, it's man. gonna hurt people's ears. <laughs> um, what do you think about like when? Like, what do you think about tapping in to other people's energies and like boundaries when it comes to that? And what, what has your experience been like with that? And mine has been a fucking mess. <laughs> I have a couple different experiences with that. Like when I first learned how to do psychic surgery and it was just like being able to like hold someone's energy in my hand and then do shit without like grabbing a crystal or whatever. It was just like doing Reiki without having to hold anything I tried doing it I remember one day I was eating dinner with my mom and my sister and I noticed my mom started having anxiety so I was like hey let me just do some shit under the table real quick and try to calm her down and then as soon as I got in contact with their energy I just felt like pain just shoot up through my whole body and I had to go into my sister's room I was my room at the time. I go into my room and just like have a seizure for like two minutes. Mm. And I was just like on the ground convulsing. But I also really do whatever the fuck. Like if I'm at work, I'm sending everyone Reiki, everyone that goes up to the register. I like set the intention that they'll receive healing whenever they need it. And I try to just send good vibes. Um, And, you know, when I do it like that, I feel like I'm not really touching anything personal i'm not really like prodding into them i'm kind of just like sending something their way and i feel like you know if they're down with it subconsciously or consciously or not down with it it'll play out accordingly like i kind of believe you could send reiki to anyone at any time but they're not going to receive it even if they're like you know if they're subconsciously closed off to it Mm mm-hmm and you talk about Reiki energy being intelligent. And so, like, when you send it um, to people, like, it almost, like, knows where to go. Yeah, there's a lot of times where, like, you know, even in myself, even in myself, I don't know what the fuck my issue is. But I could just be like, hey, Reiki, do your thing and it'll just go to where it's needed. And I found... um reiki versus just like general healing energy like when i just set the intention to send healing energy i could just be a lot more autopilot about it which is great if my intuition's like you know not doing its thing that day 
Yeah, you were doing Reiki on my back. And at one point, like, your hand wasn't exactly where the pain was. But I felt like I I just got really present with the, the Reiki that you were sending me to my back. And then I just kind of invited it to go where I wanted it to go. And it was like you and I, like, our energies were working together to, to get something done. And I felt like you've done Reiki on me a couple times and it's really felt like... Like a two, it, it took both of us to really like allow the healing. And I feel like you, you did it on me like a, for like a few days. And then finally, like one of the last times you did it, I realized that maybe I was resistant to fully letting you in. And then once I realized that it wasn't even like I had to intentionally let you in. I just realized that I hadn't been letting you in. And then that realization just kind of like cracked open. And I felt like when you were doing the Reiki on my back, it was like, um, it almost felt like roots or like, we've been talking a lot about mushrooms and mycelium. Mm. And it just, it felt like this whole like web and it was just going to exactly where it needed to go. And like, and it, it's, it's, it started in your hands and then the web just kind of extended all over into my back. Um, probably to all over my body, but my my perception was just on, on my back and my back pain. Um, and it was like certain areas had like denser energy and certain areas had thinner energy, but it was just like, it was this intelligent energy. And I felt that. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I mean, I haven't said it here, but I try to say it a lot. I'm just a facilitator of healing. I kind of just like a lot of times see myself as the straw Mm -hmm. that gets the Reiki to you. And the straw can't do shit. Like, you know, if your mouth is closed, mm-hmm. I can fucking poke you in the nose and the mouth all day with the straw, mm-hmm. but it's not going to do shit. Yeah. And it's, it's really nice when you can get really into the healing. And, you know, sometimes I feel like I can't tell where the boundaries, like where our physical boundaries will end. And it's just mm-hmm. like a part, like part of me that's sending Reiki and then the part that's receiving Reiki and it's cool. Just like experiencing oneness in that way. Have you ever tried to do Reiki on animals? Yeah, I do Reiki on my dog. A -hmm. lot of the time he just chills out and calms down. Um, it's crazy how similar their issues are to ours, their emotional traumas and shit. It's like the exact same fucking thing. Yeah. It's the same pain. Yeah. I, um, Jessa has talked about dogs being like, I think she says like an hard outer, drives, outer yeah. hard drive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which I don't know shit about computers or hard drives in the computer. It's just your storage. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, dogs are our <laughs> storage. And what she was saying there was like her perception, her understanding and the way that like she used language to define something that I also feel it's like animals are our mirrors. And it is like, if we have too much, like, I don't even know. I don't necessarily agree about too much, but if we have like energy that is really big or if we're, we're going through something, um, that is like emotionally taxing, um, and just like, like pounding our energy, our animals will come in and take some of it from us and like help us process it. And I think that going back to like giving permission um, for energy work or giving consent or something. I think that the consent happens with the animal when you decide to bring the animal into your house. Um, and I think that it is like a, um, subconscious energetic consent because 
a lot of the times, like, people feel like their animals are doing something for them, but it's not always in the front of their mind that their animals are are, um, helping them heal and helping them process. But I do believe um, all of our animal companions do that. It doesn't really matter if it's, like, a dog, cat, bird, fish, turtle. Like, they're all doing it, and I think that they're just such... Um, they're so connected to earth and earth energy that they just naturally ground whatever excess energy is flying around. Um, and, and that's why too, a lot of readings that I give for people, um, I just have visions of their animal, like being outside on the grass, because if they, they take and they anchored and they ground our energy, a a really easy way for them to like give it back to the earth is just to be on the earth. And I mean, obviously we need to take our dogs outside and shit and we know that, but, um, however we can do that. Like if you have like an indoor cat or something like getting a plant, getting something that the animal can like ground and connect into. Um, but I think that it is a part of their agreement to incarnate as an animal from their higher selves. I was listening to somebody in the spiritual community talking about working with animal allies and like animal spirits and what they can do for you. And it kind of started to piss me off because of like my vegan activism sides of my personality where I'm like, why the fuck should they be doing anything for us? Like, why the fuck do they want to do anything for us when like collectively our energy and our relationship with animals collectively, not individually is we treat them like shit and we disregard them and we don't like consider them sentient emotional beings. Um, and we like mass produce and mass slaughter them and it's fucking disgusting. So I was like, why the fuck does cow spirit want to work with this bitch? You know what I mean? I'm like, what is she doing? Eating a hamburger two times a day? Like, so it started to piss me off. And so anyways, I went to the river that day and I was hugging a tree and I was talking to the tree and I was like, I told the tree just what I, um, said about that animal ally shit. And the tree said that they are willing to, work with us and extend that energy for the greater good. And it's not just, it, it's like, it's like not personal. Um, and they, they understand. And I think what the tree was saying was they were speaking about like the natural world's relationship to humans when we like disconnect from them so much. But also when I have connected in with, um, I guess like the higher, like the high, what, what are, oh, like the high council of animal elders, which sounds fucking dope. <laughs> um, when I connected in with them, They were like, yeah, I mean, we understand that when we incarnate as animals that you'll eat us and shit. And that's like a part of our, our, our agreement incarnating into this world. And like, that's, and we are animals and animals eat other animals. Like it's just a part of the cycle, but there's no reverence for that relationship and that energetic exchange anymore. And so that's why the animals are like, something's got to fucking change. And then that's why I incarnated to work with Gaia. Anyways. I'm fucking sick. <laughs> Damn. Okay. So, okay. I'm interested in, in Reiki cause I've done some like energetic healing on animals. Like when people, when clients will like call me and you know, they're like, I'll sometimes like I'll see the body of the animal in front of me and like my consciousness is guided to like different parts of the body. And then I was just like, fuck it. Let me see if I can just, well, maybe I can just imagine like my ethereal body, like going in and just like moving the energy around. Um, and so maybe that's Reiki and I didn't know it. So when I started Reiki, it was all 
emotional healing. It was all feel and release. That's what Reiki is to me. Mm. Um, like any healing I do, it's there's no. I almost like. Okay, hold up. Let me get my shit together. There's psychic surgery, which I learned, like in January. And I haven't really used much. And that's where I see a lot of like, that's how I, that's when I'm doing like the moving energy around and closing shit up and pulling shit out and sending like golden energy. And then there's Reiki for me, which is just all feeling, releasing, feeling, releasing, uh, just feeling and releasing. And uh, I almost like, yeah, they're both important, but the feeling and releasing, I feel like, is what attracts all the other shit that you have to, like, move and seal and clear and cleanse and banish and invoke and all that sort of shit. I don't believe, like, I don't believe you can make, like, do any really long-term heat, like, any really impactful healing by just moving energy. You know, I almost feel like if that's what you're doing all the time, maybe you're spiritual bypassing with spirituality. That's kind of how I feel about, like, past lives and shit, too. Like, it's cool and fun, and it feels good, but that's what it just is for me. It's not the real work mm -hmm. that I feel like you're supposed to be doing. Um, yeah, Reiki, I was just taught anything you want to heal, you wage yourself into it. You just completely submerge yourself in it until it's not what it was. And it's a lot more flowy and passive to me than the psychic surgery stuff, which is a lot more active and hands-on. And they both can be in their own way, but you really, I don't think you can fight the rake. Like, you can't, I can't just, like, move sadness out with energy i just have to sit in it until it you know i get the love that's behind it yeah 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 when i was seeing it in the animal's body that i was working with it was almost like i could see that there was like physical pain and what i could offer to the animal in that moment was just like breaking it up so it just felt like there was like a dense cluster like around like the shoulder or something and i would mm. see it and i would just offer my energy to just like go in and just like break it up and so that it could move around and process out itself like whether through their like pee or poop or just like movement uh, or whatever okay. so that's what i was seeing um but i physical pain i have to say i do experience it differently versus like the emotional shit like chronic physical pain i always think it's just linked to like emotional mental shit but if mm -hmm. it's like an actual injury that's happened then you could definitely like do some shit by just like moving energy and helping it out mm -hmm. um i've noticed when i have like an actual injury like if i like roll my ankle and try to do reiki on it i feel like for me it really just like speeds up the healing like i'll feel if i start doing reiki on an injury it'll start hurting like 10 times more but then it could be fine within like a day versus a couple days like it really just seems to just speed up the whole process including the pain and everything 
Yeah, it's interesting that you say that because I didn't tell you this, but when you were doing Reiki on my back, it would like, once I like really let you in, it started to hurt a lot worse. And I felt like it was like you were bringing it to the surface and then it could just like relax and, and dissolve or whatever. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I think it just, there's no way to just get rid of it. That mm-hmm. <laughs> You got to yeah. feel it. Yeah. At least at the moment, maybe I'll complete that soul contract where I could just change reality. <laughs> That'd be sick. You probably <laughs> no one has to heal anything. Yeah, it is frustrating sometimes to find like harmony in the experience of knowing your highest self, knowing your higher purpose, knowing that you're fucking magic, and then also having a human experience. Oh my god. <laughs> I can't believe I have to shit neat. Oh, <laughs> dude, if I could just get rid of peeing. I, I like eating. Like, I find pleasure in it, but I also have a... Like, like eating brings me comfort. I enjoy it. I just hate the fact that i have to do it yeah yeah existence is like you have to do this to live and fuck off yeah i don't Mm. like being told what to do Mm. like i think my body is the one uh living being that i'm like all right you can tell me what to do (laughs) we can work together here because when i try to tell it what to do it's like bitch sit down and be humbled um and drink some water give me a vegan burger i mean there's a reason why i'm like vegan gluten-free don't eat processed sugar try to avoid caffeine like need 10 hours of sleep like it's it's i fought this most of my life i would love to you know if there's no suffering involved i eat fucking pizza and nachos every day and like drink beer and shit oh yeah i'm also sober so there's just so much (laughs) (laughs) fuck you um i did want to go back and talk about what you were saying about feeling the feelings because before i met you i i had realized like i don't know if it was this year maybe it was like early this year because like something came up like some fucking heartbreak from when i was 18 was still like in my body and i was really kind of pissed about it i was like what the fuck is this still doing here i've already processed this and then i realized that For many reasons, I had turned to my mind to process an emotional experience and an experience of the heart. And once I had like logically processed it, I packed it away. I'm like, oh, good. I'm done with that. And then I would just carry this like heaviness and the sadness with me. And I didn't know where it was coming from. And it was always really frustrating and there were like moments where, um, I don't know, like a friend and I would get into a fight or something and it's like logically a process. Like I could see where they're coming from. I could see where I'm coming from. It all makes sense. Bigger picture. Um, and we're good. But then there would just be this resentment towards them. And it, I would get like mad at myself because I'd be like, no, you already understand this situation. And so basically, um, I wasn't feeling my feelings. Um, yeah, you just stuffed it in a box, huh? Yeah. But so many people my whole life had told me how sensitive I am, like yeah. overly sensitive and like overly emotional and yada yada. So I thought that I didn't have to put any effort into feeling because like I, I'm just such a sensitive like being. But I think that I at a young age was like I feared the depth at which I feel things. And so like I it was just safer to do it all in my mind. Um, yeah, you kind of like get in this loop of like feeling the symptom of the feeling, which is usually, I feel like just like a weaker feeling and then be like, nah, I I did it. I'm chilling. And just like, yeah, but when you fully feel that shit, you know, it, 
it hits different Oof. and it, it could just and it's really like you know reiki's cool and shit but all it does is just let me feel like you could do this without the reiki like i'm sure it'd be harder for me but it just like creates that space and i feel like it just naturally pushes things in that direction mm. um I had the same fucking issue going up. I'd like cry while watching like Lilo and Stitch and shit. Like <laughs> <laughs> Charlotte's Web. That movie Web. hits hard. Oh my god, dude! Charlotte's man. Web. You're just you brought up two pretty sad movies though. Yeah, <laughs> there are moments. But then there's like no one around me in my family's crying. No one at my school is crying. And like you know, even if no one told me, like oh don't feel this, which they did, but it would still like you know it still made me feel weird. Like, why, why am I, like, the only one that's so fucked up about this spider dying? Because <laughs> um, the spider was a metaphor. <laughs> I don't think my For fucking... your own pain. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um... Hmm. Yeah, and it just really fucking alienates you. Because it's also... It's, like, a shitty feeling, but then also it's something that's, like, so... Like, it's you don't see it anywhere else and you're just like okay i'm just this weirdo that does this weirdo thing mm-hmm. and that's even um, more isolating than you already felt yeah yeah and so then you're like okay let me just learn like everyone else to be fucking normal and then you're, you've like spent 22 years like in this programming of boxing your shit and trying to throw it somewhere else which doesn't really work. Yeah, and then you start projecting onto, you know, experiences, events, and people in your life, and you see them as the issue and as bad and as, like, you know, we you need to fix this about yourself in order for me to enjoy you more. And it's just you projecting your pain onto them and your own process shit. Yeah, it's like like if you had a fucking... Oh, what's it called? Like a giant scrape just like on your body. And so like no matter where you go, there's like air blowing on it. There's fucking dust and shit going on it. And it's, you know, it's not really a big deal, but you have this fucking wound that's just open and festering that you're trying to ignore. It's like that fucking insurance commercial where the dude has like an arrow through his head. And he's like, I'm fine. I'm chilling. <laughs> I can't say I know that. Uh, I don't know what insurance That's it a, was. You got like we the listeners need to know. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I um first became like savvy. I think that's the word to like the idea of projecting early twenty twenty when I first found like the soberish community, and and it was just like. Once I realized that I was doing that so often and then I was like healing past trauma through present relationships that had nothing to do with the the past trauma. I think that like, I think maybe I was talking to you about this, but it feels like when I don't consciously sit with my feelings that my consciousness goes into like an autopilot where it's like, well, you're going to fucking process your trauma and if you're not going to consciously do it then you're going to project onto people around you and that's how you'll do it. And once I realized that that's kind of, I mean, I obviously I could go in and like change that contract, but I think that it's still, it's a really good 
like temperature check on myself to see what am I avoiding when I realize I'm projecting onto people. Cause I, I am now, I like, I realize it really quickly what I'm doing. Like, um, because I know that every experience is internal and that the people and surroundings in your outer world are just like a green screen. And, um, Jessa brought up that idea and that really resonates with me. And so when I catch myself, like having a feeling towards a situation or event or something is like triggering, I'm like, okay, where does this exist inside of me? Where does this experience exist inside of me? And going back to like how I mentally processed everything and then just avoided my heart, um, I realized that I am kind of like scared to feel the depth of my emotions because they're fucking Mm. deep, bro. And it's like terrifying to open that floodgate sometimes. Uh, It's fucking terrifying. It is. And it can be the most painful shit sometimes. Like I think when I started, it was a lot of sadness, which, you know, ironically now I find like, I find it to be the easier emotion to deal with compared to like anger or disappointment or hatred but healing is you know feeling shit is super painful it can be physically painful i've had releases where you know afterwards i'm like coughing up blood or like i'm having bones like (laughs) move into different places all because of just like emotional healing so you can imagine i'm thinking you can imagine how that could feel emotionally where the release causes you like crazy physical shifts. Do you think that is because of how much emotion exists like within our physical body? Yeah. I mean, I think your emotional body, your mental body, your energetic body, your physical body, you know, they're all linked. Mm -hmm. Um, Sometimes I feel like the physical body is just like the crystallized form of all these other bodies. I think Damien Eccles said something about like, you don't, you're not a person with an aura. You're an aura with a person hmm. and your body's just like the most crystallized form of that. Um, and I want to say about when I'm like avoiding some shit that I need to process, it'll, I'll feel ungrounded and I'll have a really hard time being present. And that's always like a good like indicator that I have something to deal with. Like I can't meditate or sit in my body because I'm trying to avoid that pain. And something interesting I've noticed the past couple of weeks is that if I don't process shit long enough, it'll like split my being into different parts. Like there'll be a part of me that is scared of the processing and there'll be another part of me that is pissed as fuck at myself for not doing the processing and it's like I don't know, I think it makes sense because there's a part of you that really needs to heal and it knows it needs to heal and your body I think is a natural healer and then there's another part of you that's like going against that natural flow of shit. Mm-hmm. What do you think about like really allowing yourself to feel joy? In the same <laughs> way. <laughs> Not the year to ask me. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I almost feel like sometimes that is, that is fucking scary too. To just like Feeling really joy. allow yourself to really just like 
like settle into like damn i'm just fucking like happy like i'm just feeling great right now and amy spicer said that like happiness is fleeting like sadness is but joy is like a choice that you can make every day and i'm like a, a like i'm just like a painfully optimistic person and so i feel like once i actually let myself process maybe feelings of uh more challenging feelings then right afterwards i just feel like enormous amounts of joy and gratitude and yeah i guess you said it's not the weirdest <laughs> um I think you've been feeling some joy recently. I have. My whole viewpoint on joy and love is I think that is the natural state of everything before we get fucked. So, Mm. you know, I feel like when you heal your shit, it can come up. It'll start to come up more and more naturally. But, you know, there's always shit happening, quote unquote, externally, like the planets and stuff. Um, This year, it's been really hard for me to access joy despite being in like a great place and having great experiences and shit i think you know there's a certain trauma you can build around joy where maybe you've had your hopes up in the past like get having joy and then having it be taken away i think really fucks me up mm-hmm. well what what has like what's been the difference of your experience in um your like work with magic or spirituality or whatever fucking word you want to use from last year to this year um okay yeah i'll tie this into the joy too i think last year it was just it was really like i was doing work and it was light but there was like this sense of optimism to everything um everything was really fun and like i'd say pretty new i think there's like this big growth like like a big bang last year and then this year i think it might just be like some astrological shit because as soon as the year started i was just getting fucking clapped (laughs) (laughs) i was just emotionally (laughs) fucked as soon as this year started (laughs) um the spiritual shit i would say i'm like i'm kind of over like novel shit this year like i really just want things that give me results Hmm. and then that's kind of been what i've been basing my practice off of is what is this doing for me which i know sounds kind of like capitalist because everything does something but there's a lot of things this year that i just kind of see as fun now like like past life shit you know i feel like i've processed a lot of the trauma around it so now it's just more for shits and giggles i don't i don't see a lot of not i don't want to say value because it's cool but I guess like expanding to the goals I'm trying to achieve this year, which is just being solid and healing and being stable and getting my shit together. Um, astral projection and shit. Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I haven't been doing too much of that this year. Um, I think I'm really trying to get to a point where I could just do things by thinking about it. Like some fucking crazy ass magician dude came into my work a couple of uh, weeks ago and he was like, yeah, I don't make sigils anymore. I don't meditate anymore. I don't do anything anymore. I just think and my reality is just immediately shaped by it. And Mm. I don't know if I want to get to like that degree, but, you know, like when I want to manifest a sandwich, I'd like to just. (laughs) think about sandwich and have it instead of having to make a sigil which i have been doing i've been manifesting sandwiches like a motherfucker yeah you. when i got the um (laughs) 
<laughs> when I got the toroidal field update, yeah. the magic donut, that was like the first thing I did. It was just like sandwiches. Yeah, just vibrating at sandwich frequency. Damn. Just sending that out. Yeah, well, I was when you were talking like my experience with like manifestation and creating what I want is it is it, it, it's happening so quickly and I feel like when I tried to sit down and like really get in because I love Damien Eccles and I love like the idea of ceremonial magic and having you know um consistent rituals and things like that like I like that idea but I um am am trying to find harmony in how my energy likes to work and play with reality and how um people teach how to play with reality. And I don't love a lot of structure and routine. And mm-hmm. I actually feel trapped by structure and routine. And I don't love old white men telling me how to use my <laughs> magic. And I think like a lot of magic is like gate kept by yeah. like old white Fucking men. Reddit. <laughs> I don't know anything about that. Reddit magic. Just, it's just oh, so fucking pretentious in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. But I think that like there is something to be said about how like, I think that like my personal experiences just go to show and validate what other people are saying about how reality is shifting now that like I can I feel like I've like skipped a lot of like the basic shit that magicians like ceremonial magicians are like, you have to do this one practice for like years before you can even imagine manifesting sandwiches at an extreme rate. And it's like, I just don't agree with that. And I don't know if that's like me being a millennial and wanting everything now or so the way I saw Damien Echo talking about shit. Sorry, my bad. Is that whenever he talked about that shit, he all like, I remember one time he was specifically like, this is to develop your spiritual aspects. Like he said, you could do the LBRP every day, but it's building up your spiritual body. Like it's, it doesn't have really have to do shit with the physical. Like it's, it's all, it's more on that side. Yeah. And getting further on that side. Like he said, you could do that. I think someone said it was him or some other dude. Who was like, you could do this shit every day and have like the shittest fucking life and not be able to manifest anything. Hmm. And a lot of times, a lot of like bad shit will happen to you because it's like strictly going the spiritual route. It'll cut out. It could potentially cut out any bullshit in the physical that is not strictly needed for the spiritual. Oh, and that can be a disaster in your yeah <laughs> in your 3d life like yeah. and i think too i don't know if it was damien eccles i know it's a lot of people um that work with angels archangels just angelic energy it's like you have to be really specific when you ask them for assistance because if you're like yeah i'd really just like i really want to get a new place to live and they're like all right and, and then they burn your house box. down <laughs> yeah yeah it's like they'll they'll get you where you want to go but they you have to be specific about like, nobody gets hurt. I don't get hurt. There's no trauma, like a a path of ease. And I think that, um, that just reminded me of what you were talking about. Like if you focus too much on like one aspect, like if, if we spend too much time in the ether, then we could lose our house, our car, our job, our friends, because we're not down experiencing being a human and like just caring for like, the life of a human. Yeah. I think which... a good example. Oh, my bad. Just <laughs> getting excited. Go ahead. I think a good example, um, like ceremonial magic doesn't even have to be like Damien Eccles type shit, like high magic. A good example is, um, I did a freezing jar ritual for 
unwanted energies and that's technically a form of ceremonial magic Mm -hmm. like you know that i don't know what constitutes it but you know i had i had props and I, i don't know i just the jars and the ingredients and shit made it ceremonial and someone Alyssa from mermaid fucking (laughs) from that message in a bottle healing said that ceremonial magic can be severe and what she meant by that is like you know if i'm if i'm like meditating and i'm trying to manifest some shit and it's not in my best interest it most likely won't happen like a spirit guide or something will handle it but if i do that with like a freezing jar or like some ceremonial ritual it will be severe and like i will get exactly Mm. what i asked for and the results of that jar was that all that energy was being frozen and taken out and that resulted in my legs just giving out for like a week damn yeah but it worked (laughs) 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 yeah i feel like if you're gonna like do some intense ceremonial magic you gotta like tell a friend like, just in case my yeah, legs stop working. If I go missing in three days, just, <laughs> can you take the fucking jar out of the freezer? And just, we'll just poof back into reality. Yeah, please. <laughs> Damn. Um, yeah, I guess what I was thinking, like, ceremonial magic meant, like, a steady everyday ritual. Which I love to do, but I also, like, go through phases with it. And I try not to be hard on myself about those phases like i was just showing you that journal that i had yeah where every single day i automatic wrote like every day i would wake up poop meditate (laughs) and automatic write for like months and then once it just like fell off and i think that um there's a lot of like pressure maybe it's from like the patriarchal capitalist christian society that we um are all victims of (laughs) um (laughs) just like telling us that we have to stick to this thing in order to see results but maybe like my automatic writing every day and having that routine served its purpose for me and then now it's like okay I'll move on to something else but I still carry the shame that I'm almost like not doing something correctly if my patterns shift and so then that's kind of where ceremonial magic has been like intimidating to me because I'm like I cannot guarantee that I'll be into this in a month the way that I am in into it now and I don't want to like have loose ends or something I don't know I just want to be like really intentional when I work when I do magic and so basically I just do a lot of uh moon magic because that seems like I'm like easily guided to do that and I can just take a lot of baths and say that I did a ritual (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, Nimue was telling me about uh I had a reading with her a week or two ago and she was talking about the capitalist wounding and how that's something you know probably most of us are going to have to heal um you know in ceremonial magic i like how damien eccles describes the lesser banishing ritual as like doing calisthenics you know you'll get what you put out i mean you'll get what you put in um yeah, I've I've been pretty lazy with the fucking with being on top of shit. Uh I feel like a part of me is like a little burnt out about just like doing shit like on a new moon and you know, oh, I got to do this by this 
like this week or i have to this i gotta manifest this shit by this time like i almost feel oppressed by the fucking plan i fucking hate saturn sometimes Um, i actually kind of agree like these last like moons that came around i just wasn't in the mood to do something and i didn't it didn't feel right to like force anything in that moment like it just felt like i would be betraying myself and like where i was in the moment but in the past when i lived in eugene last year i had like a whole setup i had my altar i had just everything at my disposal that i needed and i mean i guess i've been like in a liminal space last five months like on the road so it's been hard to like anchor any sort of ritual practice but i mean just being outside is is a ritual to me and like um (laughs) um yeah i just i and i've even heard my friend ava talk about like I don't know. There's like something called like a moon matrix about like not working with the moon so much. Mm-hmm. Ava, you got to come on my podcast and talk about that. Cause I'm going to butcher it. But yeah, I mean, I just, I don't feel like there needs to be so much structure to magic. And I feel like that's how I feel about what you do. Like you just, you intuitively just follow what is coming up for you and then like base your magic around that would you say that's a fair description of i tried to um i'm not sure if this is a capitalist wounding but i also i always like have this thought come up of like when i don't want to do shit consistently like am i stuck in like a cycle of just not like do i really not want to do shit or am i used to like not doing shit and then that's when maybe you know i'll spend a day or two just trying it even if i don't feel like it and mm-hmm. then if i still don't feel like doing it then i'm like okay that's that the pillar of severity and the pillar of mercy i get worried i get stuck in the pillar of mercy when i like feel like i don't want to do shit for a long time um what is that so in magic those are like i think people sometimes talk about them as the left hand and the right hand path but it basically it's just there's a pillar of mercy, which I see as like the intuition and the flow and just like going with things. And then there's like the pillar of severity, which is like, I see it as a structure and the strength and like mm. the rigidness. But if you go too far into either of these pillars, it's not good news. Um, if you go into the pillar of mercy for like too much, you turn into mush. And if you go into the pillar of severity, you become too brittle. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to balance these two aspects. Yeah. And I think that there is like, like we as higher dimensional energetic beings and as humans, there's, there's these waves and these, these ebbs and flows to energy. And we cannot always expect to be productive or consistent or whatever. I mean, I mean, maybe some people can, because like, like that's their energy. I mean, talking about human design, some people have consistent amount of energy and they can organize it throughout their day. I'm like, I'm going to give this much energy to this task and this task and, and really work and feel empowered by that kind of structure. But I don't know. I think that this year has been teaching me a lot about the necessity of rest Mm. and really just allowing and it's been really fucking hard because I don't like to sit still and I don't like being told what to do. And I feel like a lot of this year I have been, I'm, I don't think I'm being told to, I think I'm being a little bit dramatic for the humor of it. But like I, my body is like, if you do this, you will see great results <laughs> like drink water and sleep and don't pressure yourself to 
do anything ever. (laughs) (laughs) And I really love that. And it's been really fucking hard with the podcast. Like my guides just straight up would not let me record an episode for like, I don't know how long it's been like six weeks ish. I've had so many interviews lined up. I've had so many different cancellations either on my end or their end. Um, audio shit wasn't working and it was just like, The old me would have fought it so hard, but this year I really just looked at the situation and I said, okay. I mean, I did fight it for like a week or two. Um, and then it just kept getting worse and like more unorganized. And then I was like, oh my God, I don't look professional to people and I am blah, 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 blah. And it's like, none of that really fucking matters. Um, but it's really hard to implement that. And especially when I feel like I'm still trying to like grow the podcast and I don't know. I mean, it's just, it just seems like a, like a capitalist structure of success that does not resonate with me but sometimes I feel like I'm crazy when I uh follow intuitive hits about not trying to expand something that's a passion of mine because and I also feel like maybe other people will perceive my lack of activity on Instagram or um my how unavailable I am for readings for a certain amount of time or like how I'm not producing a podcast as me not giving a fuck and that's like so not true like this is a passion of mine but it's also like okay just because something's a passion doesn't mean you have to like grind at it 24/7 which is what capitalists society tells us and kind of what you were talking about earlier with like marketing and like how they like give you a structure of how to be successful with like something that you're passionate about and like a capitalist structure and it's just like you just hate it like after a month they tell you to pick something you really enjoy and you do and then it's like you can't stand that thing after a month um what you're telling me, it reminded me of some shit that I was clearing up a couple weeks ago. Um, and it had to do with expectations. Mm. Um, and so mine's, I remember I missed doing pushups one day (laughs) (laughs) and it like gave me anxiety. And you know, when I looked further into it, it was just like, it had a lot to do with, these expectations that were put on me as a kid that weren't even fucking related, you know, uh, it could have been like, Oh, can you find the screwdriver in the, you know, in the garage or some shit. Um, but having these expectations that I wasn't able to meet as a kid and that like kind of creates this anxiety in me to achieve these goals that don't really necessarily need to be achieved or shouldn't have to be achieved for me to feel good and a lot of times these expectations have nothing to do with the fucking goals Mm. like even doing the thing would not satisfy this shit because it was like more of it's more of a wound of not being able to fulfill expectations rather than uh Mm uh drive to want to fulfill expectations it's more like i don't want to fail these expectations that don't exist anymore other than in my fucking pain body or whatever yeah and then that just comes back to like following that feeling back to its source and then realizing it's something just from like childhood that actually 
doesn't have anything like you just said like doesn't have anything to do with like the current situation and just like feeling those feelings and then allowing it to pass and then it's like oh, okay now i'm just like even more of a a free sovereign being now yeah i mean i think that process was was like following that feeling back and it's almost like i feel like reliving those memories in reverse like you get i think the first sensation was like oh i'm never gonna fulfill like just like the doom of not being able to fulfill shit and then that leads to like this anxiety of wanting to fulfill shit that you know isn't in reason and then that goes to like like true desire of just wanting to do shit that makes you happy and then that will just like you know it it like unravels itself Mm -hmm. and it just goes from like less shitty emotion to less shitty emotion and then you just you're just left with like that original feeling which was just want like for me just wanting to do shit as a kid like you know let me just go fucking jump off this thing for fun or let me just scribble on a paper paper for fun and not feel worried about the end result yeah and that's like that's the beauty of us wanting to come and experience being a human it's just like fuck around down here and then we get down here and we forget that we decided to come down here we forget that we're like fucking magic beings we forget that we're gods of our own reality and then everybody around us is like okay so here are all the expectations we have of you um to produce don't fuck this up or you will not be loved um so yeah that's pretty much it have fun and uh then it just becomes like this traumatic fucking (laughs) and we're in like our 20s and we're like all right now i have to sit down and heal everything if you don't find this screwdriver i'm going to traumatize (laughs) you for life (laughs) i'm gonna find it i'm gonna hit you with it um (laughs) yeah my mom told me two things about myself that are fundamentally not true when i was young she said that i Well, okay, one of them is pretty true. But um, she said that I was a follower, and she said that I, uh, like, never finish anything. And then when I, like, got into human design, the criticism that she was giving me at a young age was reflected in my chart as just the way that my energy worked. And, like, she was only criticizing me because she feared that in herself, which I understand that now as an adult. Um... But me logically understanding that doesn't make, like, the feeling in my body go away. Like, I have to go back and, like, feel that and blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I'm a manifester in human design and I have an open G center, which basically means, like, I am who I hang out with. So I'm not a follower. I'm fluid and I'm adaptable. And plus, I just, like, fucking like going on adventures with people. And if it's, like, something I've never done before, sure, I'll follow you. Like, I'll take your lead, whatever. Um, But also, it's, like, my energy is to pull shit out of the ether and bring it into this reality, like birth an idea and then have people around me that have the energy to follow it through. If it's something that we want to create and that's cool. Like everybody has their own energetic imprint and blueprint. I don't know. Fucking pick one you like. Um, and that's fucking cool. And it's just, it just like, it was not cool to my mom because she didn't like understand that. And I think like, as we've gotten older, we've healed that together in our relationship, but It was something that, like, as I got older, I just knew that about myself because, like, the one person that loved me the most told me that. And I was like, so it must be true. And then I realized, like, oh, fuck, wait, I decide what's true about me. Yeah, at least now you do. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. Yeah. It's really wild, I think, you know, when you're kids, like, the people that you want love and affection from the most 
you know, and for the most part, they do love and affect you. Um, fuck, I don't even know what I was saying. That's cool. We've been talking for an hour. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, so any trauma I've had, that's been like, I feel like 95% of everything just goes back to like that like parent <laughs> parent shit and like childhood shit mm-hmm. you know i can experience something from like three years ago that i thought was its own thing mm-hmm. but the only reason it's even in my body is because there was some shit prior to that like in childhood damn we fuck up our kids <laughs> <laughs> i'm so glad i'm not a parent that is so much fucking pressure like every little thing like i don't remember who said it but you can have copious amounts of trauma from when you were a child and you fucking drew like two lines on a piece of paper and you took it to your dad and you're like, Hey dad, look at this thing that I created. And he was like on the phone with his boss Mm -hmm. just having a bad day and he dismissed you. And then you're like, Oh, I'm a failure as an artist. My creation process is stupid and I'm not (laughs) loved. And it's like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) And then, yeah, everything goes back to fucking when you were a child. And I don't have a great memory. So it's like, I can't remember. Sometimes the shit that you talk about with your childhood, I'm like, how the fuck do you remember so specifically? I remember shit from when I was like two. I don't know what, like, I've had a really good memory ever since I was a kid. Um, I was also thinking about the reverse about that. Like, I think last year I was healing some shit. My dad came in and I, like, went off on him. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was about, like, I think, like, a recital he missed or some shit. And it was just, like, <laughs> fucking me up. And I tell him about it, and I'm like, you better fucking fix this. And he was just like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I worked that day. <laughs> I was trying to, like, keep food on the table for our family. Oh, man. God. It, you know, and it's also, like, it really, I think, just goes to show how internal and projecty everything is because like you know i got what i wanted out of that i got an apology and i know like he felt genuine Mm -hmm. like you know whatever remorse or whatever i wanted him to feel he acknowledged it but that still doesn't fix the feeling within me you know it's it really all is internal from my experience fuck (laughs) (laughs) why can't we have external enemies (laughs) everything is a projection it's exhausting Uh, um well we've been talking long enough i'm getting tired yeah sounds like a good podcast to me yeah i think so um do you want people to find you and connect with you find me (laughs) just show by my rv tell us your address yeah um if you would like to find me, <laughs> you could add me on Instagram at the dancing hierophant. Um, I do like Reiki and other stuff sometimes. Are you currently offering stuff? I am, yeah, and it's always free. So you know, what do you got to lose? Would you? Are you interested in like energy exchanges, like reading exchanges and stuff? Uh, yeah, I'm down for whatever. Uh huh. Okay. Cool. Yeah. All right, well, thanks for coming on my podcast. Thanks for having me, <laughs> Ashley. <laughs> um, I don't think I have any updates, so I guess I'll just see you later, losers. <laughs> Say bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>